0: Bat Force Radio. Bat Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature?
1: So, when you find yourself locked onto an unpleasant train of thought, heading for the places in your past where the screaming is unbearable, remember there's always madness. Madness is the emergency exit. Alan Moore, the killing joke.
0: The Killing Joke.
2: This episode of Bat Force Radio is sponsored by Ace Chemicals.
0: Alright, welcome back to Bat Force Radio, a Batman talk show dedicated to everything Batman, led by a group of friends from all over the place, from the United States to Canada to England to extensions all over the world. This show is for everyone from new Batman fans to veteran Batman fans to people with a general interest all the way to people who just want to come and have a laugh and chill for a little while. Today we are going to be talking about the classic graphic novel, The Killing Joke. The Killing Joke came out in 1988 and is considered by many to be the defining Joker story. The book is radically written by Alan Moore and beautifully illustrated by Brian Boland. This book was one of the three that connected to form the Bermuda Triangle of Batman classic books in the late 80s, alongside Batman The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller and Batman Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on Serious Earth by Grant Morrison. The Killing Joke has been no stranger to controversy since its initial inception. This infamous Joker tale deals with many heavy themes, such as the paralyzation of Barbara Gordon, aka Batgirl, which would eventually put her in a wheelchair where she would become Oracle. We also see a very vulnerable and naked Commissioner Jim Gordon, tormented by what appears to be demonic carnival workers, all orchestrated by the Joker. And to close it all off, we are left with a very ambiguous ending where the reader decides whether or not Batman kills the Joker. Out of rage and fury, for what he has done to the extended Batman family. No wiki needed. In this episode, Bat Force members are going to be breaking down the Killing Joke piece by piece, as well as discuss the variant cover for the Killing Joke for the Batgirl series that was sadly cancelled, and talk about the animated film finally being produced. But first I'm gonna hand it over to Wes, aka Arkham Inmate 0801, who is one of the Bad Forces Joker specialists to go through the story bit by bit for those of you who are interested but may never actually get around to reading it. Sometimes it actually sounds better when told through someone who really has read it that many times and is really passionate about the story. So here we go.
1: So basically the story breaks open uh, on a rainy night. Batman's driving into Arkham Asylum uh, where Gordon is waiting on him to show up there and He uh, starts to head in, and as he goes down the hall, we get a a nice look at uh, some of the different inmate cells. We see uh, Two-Face Harvey Dent in there, and uh, they pull up on um, the cell that says unknown uh, inmate number 0801, Mm -hmm. which, of course, now we know 0801 is code for HA from Mm -hmm. the Snodger storyline. Right. Uh, and uh, so Batman goes in, basically he's wanting to have a sit down with Joker and tell him that he, he's wanting to basically tell him that they need to come to an understanding. And if things keep up the way they're going, that one of them is going to end up killing one of the other. So he goes in to have a sit down with him. And, and as he's explaining this, he notices that he's not getting any response or anything out of the joker and begins to get angry and smashes down on the table and grabs his arm and asks if he's listening to him and and as he pulls his hand away he notices that he's got what looks like white paint on his glove so he realizes that the joker's escaped and somebody is posing as the joker in Arkham Asylum mm. so basically Batman kind of loses it and um, <laughs> starts to beat the shit out of the guy uh, yeah. <laughs> he deserved it a- fucking imposter yeah. and uh, Gordon runs in the room and he's like you know you can't be doing this shit we're gonna get <laughs> <getting serious laughs> trouble so uh, Batman basically just continues to question him and then it cuts over to a uh, amusement park um, where this guy showed up to to show it off and, and basically at this time we just see a silhouette even though it's obviously the joker he's speaking with and uh, he shows him out through throughout the park and he's kind of explaining which was one of my favorite parts of the book where He's explaining to the Joker how dilapidated the, the amusement park is, and the rides are rusty and yeah. uh, torn, and they could cut the kids and, and, and all this stuff. And he's like, so I don't know if you'll want to get it. And he said, why would I not want to get it? I love it. You know, it's it's perfect. for." Him. He decides to take it and, of course, uh, uh, poisons the... Uh, the guy that he buys it off of, and we get to see the nice Joker grin left on his face. As, uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, on the pigs. <laughs> <awesome. laughs> um, and basically, we go out of the park and and uh, we cut into uh, flashbacks of. Uh, who we are to assume is the Joker, though they never give his name in the book. And, um, which you'll see in the original versions, the uh, flashbacks were completely colored. Um, But I liked with the the Brian Boland, uh, the deluxe edition that came out not too long ago, uh, he was able to actually add the colors into itself and do the original vision that he wanted. And in the flashbacks, he colors just certain things, like he might color the shrimp that they're eating um, and stuff, and it gives it a a uh, better flashback sense to me anyways. It was kind of like stuff that he would have been focusing on at that moment in time um, he, whenever they're discussing at the table.
3: And He seemed to color everything that was red, you know? Yep. Yeah, 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 I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was, I, I really like... Awesome the, foreshadowing. What,
0: Oh, Uh, going back real quick, as Wes was explaining, um, Arkham M8 0801, 0801 number, uh, because the eighth letter is um, H and the first is A, so it goes ha-ha, ha-ha, and and so on and so forth. But I also heard that uh, uh, August 1st not only being the bad Force birthday, but is the Joker's birthday? Is that true? Like, that would... I thought that would be kind of interesting as well.
2: We can say that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why not? but uh basically in the book it starts out with the flashbacks and stuff of um basically the joker before he was a joker with his wife and and he's come home he's quit his job to go out and try and become a comedian and uh it's not going well nobody seems to find him funny and Hmm. and he's stressed out because he has a child along the way and he he doesn't know how he's going to be able to support his family um and basically his wife's pretty supportive through the whole thing and um but he still feels that he has to do something to make ends meet, so later on it cuts on to uh, him meeting with these two mobsters in a, in a, what seems to be like a seafood joint or a bar or so, uh, some bit because they're eating shrimp, which is... <laughs> <laughs> highlighted by Boland in the Deluxe Edition, but uh, they basically discuss how they wanna have him come in and and where he's worked at the chemical plant before, they wanna have him uh, get them inside to break into this uh, playing card shop across um, from where the chemical plant's located and and rob and, and steal the money from there. Um, so he's reluctant to do it. He doesn't want to do it. And, and they're telling him, reassuring him and everything. And they pull out, of course, the Red Hood helmet, which yeah. I love. They brought that back in from the old origin story in the, in the Silver Age of the Joker. Um, and basically telling that, you know, he's going to wear this and it'll be fine. Nobody will recognize him. But little does the Joker realize at the time that they want him to wear this so that he comes across as the ringleader of the group. So if the police show up, that they're going to go after him and not the other guys involved. Um, So then we cut back into uh, the actual story in present time, what's going on, and uh, we see Gordon... in uh in their home gordon and barbara and gordon's going through his uh old newspaper clippings which i really like too they threw in the uh the classic first appearance image of batman and him swooping down and and picking up yeah yeah, it was awesome and um they showed uh you you know he talked about how they first met then and and um, Barbara's telling him that she has someone coming over to do this yoga class, which I guess she's been trying to have Gordon do. And there's a, a knock at the door. And, and when she goes to open the door, of course, there's a bang. And it's the joker at the door. He shoots Barbara through the spine, mm-hmm. comes in, and uh, the, uh, sends his uh, men over to, to knock out Gordon and take him out. And, uh, it's not shown in the book, of course, but most of uh, the fans and readers have got from it that afterwards uh, Joker takes some pictures of Barbara uh, taking her clothes off and stripping her naked. And some people have, uh, have thought that he sexually uh, assaults her in this scene, mm, yeah. although it's uh, never outright stated that he does. Um, so basically they leave and uh, later on Batman finds out uh what the joker has done and that that he shot barbara and you just start to see him getting more tense and angry and and uh seeing that he he may be about ready to go over the line and and finally kill the joker for good they they do a lot of putting that in there you know insinuating that he's you know about to have it with the joker <laughs> right, that
0: he's on the on the edge yeah
1: Yeah, right, and um, so basically, the detective in the book in the room with Gordon, or with Barbara, whenever she's in the hospital, I always took it as Bullock, Um, it looks a lot like Bullock, um, but I don't think they ever really name who the detective is that's speaking to Batman in the room, Um, but basically, um,
2: he tells Batman... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, He's eating M and No big deal. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, they basically, he tells Batman everything that Joker's done, and uh, Batman was unaware that the Joker had uh, taken p- taking pictures of Barbara undressed. Um, uh, and uh, Barbara begins to wake up um, and is just horrified and, and trying to tell Batman everything he's done and that he's taken her father. And um, so basically we go after this, it goes back into more flashbacks of um, the night before, um, before the um, whenever the Joker was going to help break into the chemical plant. And uh some police come into the bar as they're talking about going to do the job that night, and, and they come in and tell him that his wife has actually died um, by heating up. I think it was warming a uh, glass of the baby's milk or something, and the, and the heater exploded, killing her. So this is just adding to his bad day. And, don't uh, have kids. That's the, yeah. Yeah, don't That's have the kids. moral of
3: the killing Don't have kids.
1: <laughs> right. So, he finds out that his wife has been killed uh, during the process of this, as well as their unborn child. Um, and, of course, he wants to back out of the job. He doesn't want to go through with it. But, basically, uh, the two guys approach him and tell him that, that he has no choice and that he's too far along now, and if he backs out, that he'll, he'll be killed himself. So he reluctantly agrees to still meet them at the chemical plant later on that night. The book takes us back to to present day at the amusement park with with Gordon waking up surrounded by some, uh, like, better term midgets with (laughs) razor sharp teeth, Um, stripping him of his clothes. um, And uh, I don't know what's with Joker making everyone bare ass naked in this book. he proceeds to uh, make Gordon badass naked, as I said in the book, and uh, he uh, basically the uh, the uh, little midgets with the razor teeth and stuff are sho- uh, shocking him with uh, like cattle prods and stuff. And uh, that was my
3: favorite part. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And they uh, lead him out into the middle of the amusement park uh, where Joker has made a makeshift throne for himself atop of uh, what looks to be mannequins and uh, a seat up atop with some two torches, which I'm sure Rich will remember they adapted in South Park. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, basically Joker comes down and and tells him that uh, he's finally decided to go um, where he couldn't be forgiven and do the ultimate bad thing. And he's uh, going to show him that everybody's just one bad day away from being just like he is. And and anyone can be driven mad by one bad day. So he proceeds to set Gordon on this uh, roller coaster uh, ride, basically uh, sending him through it and showing him the pictures of Barbara naked that he's taken after he shot her. Um, and Gordon seems to be, you know, of course, uh, going out of his mind, and he's screaming for Barbara, and uh, Joker singing some song also as, as it's going on, and just to add the insult to injury. And uh, as he gets out, it almost seems like Gordon has kind of lost it, and um, which naturally you would. And um, not too long after Gordon gets out of the, the ride, you start to see headlights off in the distance, and it's Batman who's shown up. Um, And he finds Gordon and wants to stay with him until the police show up, but Gordon insists that he go after the Joker. Uh, And what was very interesting and an important part of the book was, you know, whenever Batman goes to run away after the Joker, Gordon says, and do it by the book we have to show him that we're better than he is. So um, basically telling Batman not to kill him for everything that he's done to Barbara and what he's done to Gordon himself. He wants him to still do it by the law and by the book. So Batman proceeds to chase uh, the Joker throughout the amusement park. with uh, Joker telling him that, uh, basically what he explained to Gordon, that he's just one bad day away from being like him. And and the Joker assumes that Gordon has lost it um, already. And uh, basically Batman finally catches up with him and um, they fight and scuffle a little bit and uh, it looks like they go through a house of mirrors and stuff and uh joker gets up and batman explains to him which he tried to at the beginning which he explained to the uh, fake joker at the beginning of the book that uh he wants all this to end and he's he's saying that i feel like i uh you know uh, let me rehabilitate you and and you know maybe i've been through the things that you went through and maybe i can help you and the joker ends up saying basically know that it's far too late for that. He's done too many horrible things and there's no rehabilitation for him. And he proceeds of course to tell a joke, um, at the end of the book, um, about, uh, two lunatics in an insane asylum and, uh, basically batman proceeds to finally break his guard it seems and have a laugh with joker to where he reaches out and then the book fades to the ground showing the rain and it's kind of left up to the reader to decide if batman crossed that line or if he just ended up taking him back to arkham
0: Hmm. um okay let's start uh uh wes can you repeat all of that real quick uh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> He's like, no problem.
2: <laughs> if you do, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
4: all right, but- good people of Gotham, this is Erby Canary here, and you're now listening to the Bad Force Radio. Sit back, relax, enjoy, take a battering right to the head, and have a jolly good day.
0: With the Bad Force crew, um, if I had to choose a Joker guy, it would be West Arkham inmate 0801. And so I'll start by asking you, is is this your favorite Joker tale?
1: I would say it's definitely one of my favorite Joker stories. And in fact, it's one of the first Joker stories I ever read that made me really uh, fall in love with the character. Um, I just feel like there's no, no crazier villain out there than, than the Joker is in, in the depths that he'll go and, and what drives him and, and uh, how mysterious of a character he is has always been very interesting to me.
0: Right. And, um, and he left the, um, the ending very ambiguous. He, he did leave it up to the reader, and you know everybody, everyone has their theories on it. I think Graham Morrison believes that Batman killed the Joker. Well, what about you guys? What do you think happened? Like, what is your decision in the end? How do you process it?
1: Oh, I was just gonna say, for, for me, whenever I read it initially, that was the feeling I got, was that he did kill him, um, just because of the, uh, well, the name of the book is The Killing Joke, mm-hmm. and then at the end, Joker tells, tells a joke, and we see Batman reach out, and, Him laughing almost it's very uncharacteristic to Batman for Batman to do which disturbing yeah, yeah, very disturbing. And, and to me, it almost seemed like that was him finally losing it. Uh, nice. that, that he had pleaded with the Joker to to be normal and give this up and, and to try and be rehabilitated, and he just absolutely refuses no matter what. And so now that Batman's finally asked him to do it and knows that he never will, he feels like he has no choice but to, but to kill him. And almost in a way, I got a feeling that, Batman, in a sense, felt like he would be doing the Joker a a a mercy as well by killing him because he would never truly change, and uh, there wasn't any point in, in you know letting him continue to live. It's almost what I got out of it too.
0: Right. What um LPC Robo um what, what do you guys how do you guys feel the it all went down in the end?
2: You know the way I look at it. <clears throat> Man, just him grinning at the end. I just don't think he has it in him.
0: Mm,
2: right. I don't think he has it in him to fucking straight up kill him. No. Yeah. I mean... I think he he probably... He might have got in some licks, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But I don't think he would kill him.
0: I mean, if he did, then... That would kind of be the end of Batman, wouldn't it? Because now he's well, a killer.
2: He's... It definitely would have caused fucking outrage, you know? But...
0: Yeah, but not only that, but once he crosses that line, it's over. He's not Batman anymore. He's a killer. You know, just like, just he's the total opposite of what he wanted to be when he put the cow on and tried to avenge his parents, I think.
1: Right. And, and I mean, that's kind of the way to look at it, too. Like, when it was originally written, like, if you look at it from a standalone standpoint, then you could be like, yeah... He, it seems like he killed him, but they brought it into continuity and stuff, and, and where that goes, you would have to assume, of course he didn't kill him, because when they brought Barbara's, you know, being crippled and stuff into continuity and everything, it kind of made it seem like, oh, he just took him back to the that's asylum. A,
0: that's a great yeah. point, because that's, she was paralyzed, she became Oracle, and continuity continued from there, so, you know. That's right. the
3: beauty of this story. I mean, um... Uh, you know, Alan Moore knew what he was doing when he when he wrote this story because he he originally intended it just to be like like you said a, a, a one off story, not included with you know continuity, and uh, it was his version and his way of of telling a Joker story. He always wanted to tell a Joker story, and they gave him the opportunity, and this is this is the story that came out. Hmm. When I first read it, you know, I looked at it as Batman by Batman, like. You know, smirking and then sharing a laugh and reaching out and having his hand on the shoulder. I almost looked at it as him. That was his last weapon to get close to the Joker, you know, by laughing, seeming to share a bond. And then when I read it, I thought he did kill him because. Okay.
2: Uh, okay. <laughs> what the? F- what that was, was just That, that, that was awesome. <laughs> We got people calling in. That yeah. was one of our sponsors. <laughs> because it, yeah. it, it shows
3: the, the line. Board. It shows Batman's feet and Joker's feet. And then it shows the line. And then the lines disappeared. And, and kind of when I first read it, it meant, oh, the line disappeared. Right. right. That's just my initial interpretation. But like Wes said, if... Since they brought all that stuff into, you know, the, the canon and the continuity with the rest of Batman stories, it would be impossible for him to actually have killed him.
1: Right, and I mean what you are saying, too, like, at the end there where it shows the reflection off the ground, and, you know, you can kind of see the, the police headlights in the distance coming in on the rain on the bottom, and... You can see it in between them, and then all of a sudden it's just a shadow to me, which insinuated they were so close together that you couldn't see the the headlights coming in. You know what I mean? So insinuated that he got close enough to him. He's either hugging him or he's strangling
2: him. And
5: and there's no more laughter.
2: (laughs)
1: Yeah,
5: there's no more
2: laughing. So (laughs) what caused the laughing
3: to stop? (laughs)
2: You know, one thing that I think is, is it's so great about that book is, you know, literally 13 pages in, he shoots Barbara. That is right. I mean, right. and, and it had such a long impact on the comics. You don't see that anymore. I mean, and even the whole story, it's probably two comics put together now. You know what I mean? And it just had such a huge impact and such a great story.
0: What's it's not the fuck about, about, about it? Yeah, do, yeah, yeah you exactly. Feel, do you guys feel this story would fly if it was proposed today to DC?
2: Fuck no. no. Uh, no. Hell no. <laughs> He's no. Like, they wouldn't, they like, wouldn't even hell.
6: put a fucking cover out that. And it no, didn't, like didn't show anything It's says. Yeah, <laughs> Joker with his arm around uh, Barbara Gordon, let alone the entire series or the entire <laughs> issue. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, if you, if, you,
3: if, you, if you look at the cover, just the cover with Joker. Joker taking the pictures with the camera. Who do you think he's taking pictures of? He's taking pictures of Barbara Gordon right there.
2: Mm. (laughs) Yep. The cover of it. Yeah. That is so. That to me is just so eerie. Yeah. It's like evil. And then he's showing it to Jim. Look.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Here's your daughter. Screwed and it. I don't think you know. And I, I don't think that Joker raped Barbara Gordon. Um, you know, yeah, he did some lurid things by taking photos. But even when you know Batman visits her in the hospital, that was her opportunity right there to tell kind of her side. But he, she didn't say anything like that. I, I don't. I don't think
6: that it's it's never directly said, or even I don't even think it's alluded that he raped her. It's only said that he took pictures of her because when they're when he's talking to the doctor. The doctor that he doesn't say anything or hint anything at rape. He just says uh, he stripped her naked and took pictures because we found the lens cap on the ground next to her.
2: Right. Yeah. You know. You know. What? Let's else. be honest though. If if you should worry about anyone, it should be fucking Gordon. He's got the little mini, minis around. Huh? Him. Yeah. No shit. No. let <laughs> thing
3: No one about... like,
2: taking his little out. No
3: one talks about. Yeah. Go ahead. No one talks about him being sexually assaulted. You, exactly. you certainly don't see the, the right wing conservative group coming to his defense. He's wearing a dog collar too. Yeah,
2: he's,
6: wearing, he's wearing a dog collar and it's on a leash, and they're yanking him like, and then and, and and they show him like getting stripped naked with his boxers and his like
1: pants coming off.
2: Oh no! Yeah.
0: No! No! <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, and that's how it is. You won't ever hear stuff like that. Like, I mean, it would be easy for me to say during Death in the Family when in between Joker's beating Jason Todd's ass with the, uh, with the crowbar that he him with the crowbar or something. And I thought, no, like, you know, me. don't draw those conclusions from that. It, it's I, I view that it wasn't, I mean, it wouldn't have been necessary for Joker to sexually assault Barbara because what would be the point? He, he was taking the pictures to try and drive Gordon mad and if he did do that, I'm pretty sure it would have been in the pictures that he showed Gordon. That's yeah. The
0: Joker is definitely not someone that is, he's a sociopath he's never yeah. enticed he? by sexual tendencies or anything like that.
6: But he, he doesn't, yeah you're right he has no interest in, he has like like uh, his whole, like if you go back to the history of Harley Quinn like in Mad Love when she's trying to entice him into bed by her lingerie right? like he doesn't give a shit, like he's like he like shoves her in the face and says, "Get out of here."
0: Yeah, he's and like so, diving into that yeah. Harley ass. He's making bombs and obsessing over Batman,
6: which <laughs> is why it makes him so fucking crazy. Not jumping in that Harley ass. I
0: know, right? That's how yeah. you know you're out of your minds is when you know. Yeah. <laughs> with It's, it's <laughs> only when Brian Azarello
3: writes him that he, he's a yeah right. He's like that, or ride. or in
6: uh, well, I don't even think that that scene, you know what that, when that he cub- wrote
0: that. I don't feel he was getting pleasure out of that. I think he was just going through some kind of motions when uh, yeah. when he was going through the day when he was at the the, the club where Harley was getting a guy alive and sleeping mm-hmm. with that other guy's wife or whoever it was. I don't think he got anything out of that. I think he was just going through the post-Arkham um post
1: and blues.
6: Yeah, right. pretty
0: much. Yeah, yeah and, it, and it just becomes
1: to the point where like Carly's like a piece of property to him, and um <laughs> he, he just, tells her he has a headache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, like whenever he gets out, it's just like in the in the, the Azarello Joker book. Like it was like when he got out, he just he missed her. He acted like he missed her at, at the first point, but then it's it's almost like he just misses. You know, uh, she's property to him. He just wants her around and to know that, you know, he's got her. I don't think it's anything sexual or nothing like that.
0: Yeah. But uh, going back real quick, when we were talking about poor old uh, Jason Todd and uh, Gordon (laughs) getting, you know, getting it good and, you know, nobody really gave a fuck about that. But then uh, the whole thing alluding with. Barbara Gordon and the Joker, even to this day, when uh, Raphael Albuquerque did that variant cover for it was Joker Month, right? Um, Yeah, so so for the listeners out there, what happened was every month DC has um, a different theme for variant covers for comic books. Variant covers are like an alternative cover. For the issue that you know they entice you to buy more of the same thing and whatnot, and all us comic book fans usually suckers and get caught into it because the art looks so good. So, um, and
3: most of the time, they're not it, even related to the story.
0: Right. And it was Joker month, so for the Batgirl series, the the artist Raphael Albuquerque did a, a Joker variant for the Batgirl cover, which was homage to the Killing Joke story where. You had um, it was pretty dark, and you had Joker with this uh, menacing smile, and his arm over Barbara Gordon's shoulder, and he was hold- his, that arm was holding a, a revolver that was just hanging right off. On her, what was it on on her lips? He had a finger, pretty much, making um, a Joker smile with with, with seemed to be blood. Was that what it was? Yeah. Yes. Right. And pretty much, it it, it was an amazing homage to the. Um, killing joke the original story but it got canceled by because a lot of people just were complaining that it alluded to all these things you know the same thing that we have been hearing for the past 25 years. I wouldn't say it was a lot of people it was a small vocal group i guess hard, hardcore long time supporting fans of dc were just you know outraged because you know it's they felt like it was artistic censorship and just downplaying continuity and so
6: so many years later, it's still being talked about as far as it being controversial and you know, saying um, that it it completely changed the landscape of the Batman universe because at the time, you know Barbara Gordon was kind of like an active role in the Bat family, and then take her out of the mix, and then there's that gap right there. and then you make her the oracle. So and then and she had been for years and in the games, and you know it just and then also like that TV show too. What was that show called? where Birds it was prey? A, Birds yeah. of Prey where like what part of part of like the whole thing of Birds of Prey was she was basically like at the helm of like the command set station and she was uh, kind of calling the shot it's kind of almost like a live action female version of Batman Beyond where it was in the future and she was Oracle and she was calling the shots and the other girls were the ones fighting and doing all that stuff so, I mean, it was it, – the whole thing had a huge influence over the entire landscape of Batman and to kind of – I don't know. I, I just don't – I understand why people who don't know what the story is could get upset because that's exactly what judging a book by its cover is. Mm. But they need to take the time to actually – like. They sound stupid when it's like, oh, shit. it alludes to her being raped. It's like, no, it doesn't. It alludes to her being fearful of the Joker because that was like a horrifying event in her life. That's it. That's as far as it'll probably go.
5: Right. Exactly. Yeah. You
3: know, whatever. What's funny is that how it actually worked in reverse for those people. It made more people want that cover, and it brought more yeah. attention to, to the story. And actually, you know, you started seeing more images of the or versions of the the image being posted. And uh, it kind of worked in reverse of what the people actually intended it. They wanted it to go away, and actually that just made it more popular. And DC have
1: been, like, aging Barbara in reverse since the New 52, it seems like for me.
3: (laughs) Pretty much. She gets
1: rehabilitated, and now she seems like she's, like, 14 in high school and shit.
3: Which, that's probably one one reason why they, I'm assuming that they... Really yanked the covers because they've got her, you know, catered to the tweenage yeah, audience, um, and they're like, "Well, this doesn't fit our current, our current character and current story."
0: Right, well, that's I, a real good point, actually. You know, that, that's a shame because I actually really like Barbara Gordon and, and Batgirl. It's a solid character, Me too. historic character. Bad afterburners of marketing is where they try to attract a whole new group of new young readers by completely changing a character that's been around forever and d- d- downplaying its integrity if you ask me I, I mean the thing uh, they should have done, done <laughs>
3: they should have they oh, should have just maybe started a different title with a younger version of of Barbara Gordon at that time almost like a you know I know they've they've like, done a Robin and a and a bad girl year 1 but they could have kind of continued continue that mm,
1: right and in a way it's been negating everything that gail simone even did with her since the start of the new 52 because when the bad girl title started in the new 52 it was really dark and uh good the joker, yeah the joker was still really pre- uh, you know prevalent in in uh, barbara's mind like she would have flashbacks to you know the events and the killing joke all the time
3: throughout the book and it she shot her brother i mean <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> i love mm. that, <laughs> that was, after that and they started changing it that's when i quit reading that girl mm. change it when they tried to change it what Changing to, to the to the new more yeah yeah, after because she up shot up until her, then I
1: loved it. Oh no, that's fine. Uh, yeah, just after she shot her brother, she took the suit off and, and quit being bad girl and, and believed that she wasn't worthy to wear the symbol anymore after she thought she killed her brother. And um, then now they've gone in this, you know, lighter Version where everything's really like the books, like really brightly colored, and she's got these new villains, and she's in like a, I think she's in college or something in it, but it's just set in a completely different environment than Gail Simone's girl was, which made her seem more independent and uh, you know grown up and stuff, which I like a lot. But. Yeah, I don't mind the new
6: suit, the new design of the suit. I think it kind of, I kind of like the way it looks. I don't know yeah, what it is about it, but it's a shame that, I mean, I haven't been reading it, so I can't judge what the story is like, but um, knowing that, like, a cool design, a cool kind of, like, redesign is out there, but the story maybe isn't as strong, it's kind of a shame. Because that's, you know, like, more, it, it's also a shame that more people are, more girls are reading Harley Quinn than Batgirl. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I think that's a shame. It's like, like, Harley Quinn, I guess, you know, she, obviously she's a legendary character, but someone who's directly like related to the Batman family is not Harley Quinn. and People aren't buying that book as much.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: But um, what do you guys think of, speaking of Batgirl a little bit, um, the rumors of Jenna Malone being Batgirl? Because originally they thought that she was going to play Robin, Carrie Kelly, in Batman vs Superman. Mm-hmm. But now they're saying that she's probably rumored to be Batgirl.
2: That would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. I have I
6: the, I've always had a crush on that actress. Like, you know.
2: <laughs> Say, ever since Donny
6: ever since Donnie Darko, I was in.
3: I was yeah. really hoping they'd get Emma Stone though. Uh, for bad, for bad girl. <laughs> 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 I love her. He's good at her for <laughs> everything. Yes, yeah, I love her. She's awesome. need a redhead.
0: I like. She Stone. was
3: in Birdman. Birdman.
6: I kind of, yeah, it's kind of cool that she's gone from like, uh, just like Jonah Hill, she went from like Super Bad and those teenage comedies, and now she's actually making like legit movies. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. pretty cool to
0: see that. Hey, Grant. Yeah, this... Yes, sir. Um, real quick, uh, tell us about your mirror theory for the killing joke.
3: I've always thought, you know, and, and, you know, I'm sure like you guys, thought that the Joker is basically like a mirror image of what Batman is. Uh, you've got. Batman as the dark, intimidating, you know, he doesn't talk much. He's just a very solemn guy. But he's what he's doing is for justice versus the Joker, who's bright, his skin's all white, he's, just, he's always smiling, he does everything. You know, he sees the funny side of, of chaos and evil. And um, they are, I mean, it, it's just like if you look in a mirror, if you raise your right arm, right? Arm, It looks like the left arm's going. And things like that. So they're mirror images in reverse. And one thing that I noticed as I was reading the book is just that, you know, here's Batman. He's chasing Joker through another fun house. And it reminded me of in The Dark Knight Returns when Batman's chasing Joker through through the fun house. And they both jump out of the mirror. Or Batman jumps out of the mirror in both stories. And... I just I started thinking about that. Not only is um, that a, a direct... It's almost like, because the killing joke came out after Dark Knight Returns, not only is that almost a direct homage to Dark Knight Returns, but there's a psychological reference to it too because if they are mirror images, in my mind, I interpret it as, that's Batman crossing through the mirror not only to the physical plane of where Joker's at, but also the emotional plane where he's at where he's going to kill joker because he's losing he's losing control yeah in my mind because in both stories and you know obviously he kills or joker dies in dark knight returns but when i first read you know killing joke i thought he killed joker too so by coming through the mirror he's crossing over to joker's side of the mirror and joker's side of the chaos and you know in both stories in my mind joker dies Mm -hmm. that's one thing i thought about
0: interesting and speaking well, on here. us from a psychological standpoint okay. LPC you had a, a theory about the artwork
5: uh,
6: going, going through his notes here <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know, really, I was just uh, just like in the deluxe edition we we're talking about that little um, short story by It's just interesting. yeah there's a
3: there's okay. an extra story at the end that Boland wrote and drew um, what's it called? I don't know if it has a name, right?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's right after the afterword in the deluxe edition, but I didn't see a title either. But uh, it's just, it's just, it's just interesting. I mean, I wonder if that's like, you know, Alan Moore wrote the actual killing joke. But I wonder what uh, Boland was thinking about during, you know, like drawing all that stuff and everything like that. Like right. from like just an an innocent citizen standpoint, if they hate the Batman. Hmm. You know, he's saying, like, oh, I'm a good person, I do good things, but if I do this one bad thing, it'll make me appreciate being good, you know, the rest of my life. You know, family, the white fence, all that.
2: Mm. But uh, it was just a little
5: interesting that, um, you know, it was that dark and, you know, killing the Batman the way he did.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this is really good. uh, the The way you're viewing Bolin's art, you have to remember with comic books, Two people are telling the story. It's the writer and the artist. So, <laughs> uh, and then there's the relationship that intertwines and, and and puts out the book. But when you focus on Boland's translation from Moore's words for such a, a heavy book, I found I found that really interesting to see how you read into that. That is, it- uh, yeah, I would
3: love that. to see the script for uh, the Killing Joke. You know how like some collected trade paperbacks or hard novel. Hard graphic, hardcover graphic novels mm. will include like the script. I'd love to see the script for Killing Joke because that would explain a lot between, like how, like you said, Alan Moore wrote it, and then how Brian Boland interpreted it and drew it. Mm. Right. Yeah. You know, he
2: said yeah. in the back of the book,
3: he basically
2: was kind of hesitant about the whole doing a Joker origin story.
0: Oh, everyone is. (laughs) Yeah. You
2: know what
0: I mean? I mean, um, that guy. He said
2: the way he looked at it, he could have multiple origin stories. So I kind of like that, that he he was like that. But I think they did an excellent job of it because they never really give a name. And, like, when it goes to the flashbacks, it reminds me so much of – and godfather part two with robert de niro you know when he was a young gangster and you know it's like hard times for a fucking joker or whatever
0: but mm, right
2: you know they oh that's oh that's yeah take a okay. lick on the plant and i love that man and it's so good Yeah, people go crazy <sighs> you
6: tell, me, and, you tell me i put this hood on and then i just go and do the crime and my am a <laughs> That's a good deal. That's <laughs> good deal. can't can see, but okay.
3: Hey, LPC. Yeah. yeah. That story is called An Innocent Guy. Yeah, An Innocent Guy. Yeah. An Innocent Guy. And that was written written and drawn by Brian Bolin. And it's an included in the, the back of the deluxe copy of Killing Joke. And it talks about, or it shows like this guy fantasizing about Killing Batman.
0: Mm. Going back to the, the, the whole Joker origin thing, people take that shit seriously. I, I guess I could be one of them, but uh, Scott so even Snyder... Even when Snyder... Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm going I know about. you flipped People lost their shit. Jeez. So I have to argue with the Bat. Threats against Here we go.
6: Him. We should never know where he comes from. Never!
0: <laughs> no, see, Scott Snyder had a guy... I don't know if he was tweeting or what, saying, If you give Joker an origin, I'm going to punch you at the face at a convention or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, S- S- S-
1: S- Snyder said that? No, someone said it. To
0: Snyder. Oh. I think via social yeah. media, I think, yeah. or something. Uh, Dude, people go crazy uh, over it, this stuff. Oh, yeah.
6: You know, yeah. but that's oh, why okay. I think I like. I mean, this, um, you know, this technically, yeah, okay, it can be seen as his origin, but. What's beautiful about it is I think what they've done even after this is like they've never really like said, yeah, this is is a complete origin. It might be, it might not be. Um, What I remember reading like while I was kind of rereading this for for today, one thing that I noticed, there's a couple of things that I feel like uh, the Dark Knight trilogy kind of pulled from. Hmm. Like specifically uh, the interrogation scene I felt like felt a lot like (laughs) Where is he? Yeah. Yeah. That panel panel, and he's grabbing Joe Joker, and he's saying, "Where is he?" And it's obviously not the actual Joker. Spoilers, um, but you know, it got me Thirty years later, mind- yeah, <laughs> it got me thinking in that mindset where, uh, you know, that panel right there I was like, "Damn, that looks just like from from Dark Knight." And then I'm thinking back to, you know, Heath Ledger's portrayal and how he tells the two different stories that are completely like different, you know, about how he got the scars and it's kind of playing along with like the DC thing with like there is multiple different you know possible origin stories but you're never going to know which one is the real one. I uh, you know I thought that was great but they did that in the dark knight as well like they just kind of play with the fact that like I don't know if he's so fucking crazy that you never know or he just likes the fact that no one really knows who he is or maybe he's just completely making it up and he's just going up uh, like to see through his pants and he's making up the stories that go along but I, lo- I I love the fact that like you know as so far you've never really known like who he really is. And even in the um is it endgame, the backup issues, when they're talking about like they found they finally figured it out, they found the the origin of the Joker and they tell you his whole story, where he comes from and all that. And then at the very end of it, like, well I don't want to give that away but um, even then it's like not for sure, you know. They mm-hmm. kinda tease right. with it.
1: Yeah, and I like how Snyder always, met, or, you know, set it up to make it seem like he's been around forever, and um, that that it kind he of has could, been right, right, right. Yeah, and. Um, Going back into the ending of the Killing Joke real quick, I was just going to ask, I didn't know if any of you guys got this at the end or, or if you felt like this made sense, but did any of you guys get uh, the feeling out of the, the joke that the Joker tells at the end of it that it's kind of him talking about him and Batman in a way?
5: Totally. That's see
1: the That's one about point. the two, yeah. yeah, about the two lunatics uh, escaping the asylum and stuff. Like he's talking about how they escape, and, and one of them will jump right across, and the, and the other one's afraid and stuff. And I always kind of got out of it that it was like um, the Joker was the one who was afraid, and and Batman's the one shining the light across, you know, basically offering him redemption. And he turns and, it uh, off on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's afraid he'll turn the light off halfway across, and. And
5: just he, go ahead, sir, yeah. well, go
1: ahead. Yeah, and he's just like you know, kind of afraid to trust him because he he views Batman just as mad as he is. So he mm-hmm. thinks that they're both insane, you know, and and that he can't trust him to redeem him, and that there's no help for either of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it goes back to I'm the
5: talking. mirror theory. <laughs> well, let me uh, look at. I mean, the last the last page itself. I mean, you got the Joker and the Batman standing, you know, face to face, and you see the light, like you were talking about earlier. And the very last box, it's totally gone. Mm, Right. Just my theory, you know, I've, I mean, other than Dark Knight Returns and uh, Batman Returns, I've never really thought the Batman to kill anybody. So Mm. I I just never thought of it as, oh, yeah, Batman definitely killed them at the end of it.
2: Mm, yeah. Right,
1: right. And, uh, you know, that's what I was saying about, like, the whole continuity thing. Like, is a standalone and stuff. I could look at it as, like, I felt like he killed him looking at it from a standalone point. But, you know, if you're going to look at this, like, the the Batman that, that we know, that we read about every day and stuff, I wouldn't think that he would kill him, you know. And it's just, I sure, like that sure. ambiguous open ending where you can interpret it however you want. It's, it's what's great about the
3: book. Well, that, this... that that argument can be made also then for the the Joker origin story. If if this is going to be tied into continuity, you're going to have Barbara Gordon shot and paralyzed, you know, from the waist down, and and Joker didn't get killed and stuff. It would almost be like, okay, well, this this origin story that is the Joker's own memories hmm. almost be the actual origin story? I don't know. Right, which,
1: which, you you know, you did have more right at the end put in those lines with Joker saying, you know, well, I remember it this way sometimes, and sometimes okay. other. I'm mm. not sure if it's true or not, but, you know, and then the whole, uh, if I have an origin, I prefer it be multiple choice, which mm. yes. will always be one of my favorite Joker quotes. Yep, Yeah. Love that line.
0: Yeah. This book um, is definitely a classic. Uh, Wes and everyone, what do you guys think about its presence in um, Rocksteady's Arkham Knight game recently?
1: Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, They finally put it in there. I mean, it was uh, always commonly assumed that it was canon with the games, being that Barbara was Oracle and she was crippled, but it was really nice to finally see them do the flashback sequence. And I like that they changed a few things, like – they didn't have him wearing the Hawaiian attire, and he had, like, some hat on that I think said sick yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, wearing, like, a trucker hat instead
2: of...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I was glad that they finally included it and we got to see it. That was a, a shit-your-pants moment for me, honestly.
0: <laughs> w- you know what? Um, well, I guess this is a spoiler alert, because even though the book's been around for... Twenty-five plus years. Um, Arkham Knight's fairly new, so spoiler alert: the, the Killing Joke sequence. That was, you know, we read the comic in the panels, but comic, comic. But it was pretty difficult to watch for it to actually happen, you know, in the game and to see her like struggle on the floor like that. And now we're gonna get the animated film, so. With um, Bruce Tim and uh, Mark Hamill spear- spearheading that, so is Tim co- confirmed for it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Cool. Bruce Tim. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, well, what do you guys think is going to happen, and what do you hope will happen with this animated film? That's long overdue. Okay. I think.
6: I think that, for the most part, I mean, at least Mark Hamill was saying like. Um, you know, he was even before he was announced to be in it. I think they were like asking him, "What would you like to see?" Or "What's one thing you would work on if you were to be Joker again?" And that's what he said: "Is if the Killing Joke. That would be amazing if they did the Killing Joke." Um, so I think that if anything, they'll if they're not going to do it exactly the same, they'll definitely pay respect to, you know, the the, the classic nature of, you know, how impactful the, the story was. Mm. Uh, I think it's going to be rad to see it in like that animation style too. You know. Right. Um, and if it's if it's in the Bruce Timm style, I mean, that's just going to be same way as, like, Mask of the Phantasm. The animated series was cool, but obviously because they had more of a budget for Mask of the Phantasm and even with um, The Return of the Joker, it, it could seem like a bigger, like, it seemed like a bigger production than just a television show. Mm. And it was cool to see that. It's like, wow, this is like the show, but at the same time, like, there's so much more depth, it felt like, in this, like, so I think it'll be cool to see that, like, the depth of it. And it kind of being, you know, brought to life a little bit more than just on the panels. Uh, I think, too, like, what's going to be cool if they do do the kind of, you know, the traditional Tim-style animation is it's a dark story. So you can't, like, even though the animated series was, like, a little bit darker, um, it's still, like, an animated kid's show. I think this will be even darker than that in the animated series was and that would be kind of cool to see Like, mm. which in a way is kind of creepy in it's own right
0: yeah I like dark it's, it's, it's intense man animated
2: movies are pretty violent mm. yeah. Yeah. the red hood is really pissed Yeah,
6: Flashpoint <laughs> uh, dude Like, I think I think like Flashpoint was one of the last ones I saw and I was like okay like they're allowed to do whatever the hell they want
1: now. and that's I went pretty much a couple yeah, of man, and, uh, recently in Gods and Monsters they went really dark with that movie right? They, uh, they were like, you know, in the first five minutes of it, they were like the, you know, it's like the reverse Justice League, so it was showing them, like, snapping people's necks and blood yeah. flying, and uh, I think Superman uttered the word goddamn, like, five minutes. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I'm in for it. I'm... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Me, it really- damn it! It was almost odd seeing the Bruce Timm artwork style with the uh, character saying God damn and blood flying everywhere.
2: I yeah. am <laughs> <Yeah>, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm, yeah, I'm really hoping for a dark animated film when it comes to The Killing Joke. I don't think there's any other way to do it. Um, and uh, there's been a lot of rumors arising about uh, Harley might be in it. And uh, what I keep asking you guys is, <laughs> do you feel that um
2: I just think it's odd. <laughs> it just Yeah. Do you uh, feel that? That she feels could... so out of place to me. That like, would be a
1: total I... money grab. <laughs> I mean how weird would it be to have Harley there with the Joker like when he shoots Barbara and uh, you know taking Gordon through the uh the roller coaster ride and stuff and it would almost bring <laughs> the more <mini> like, porn. <laughs> Yeah it would bring like a more lighthearted sense to the story I think and and yeah. that's why I'm thinking they're considering doing it it would cuz Harley's you know happy and giggly and all this stuff and I think if you bring her in it's going to take down the tone uh, the story a lot.
0: I think they'll do it, even even for the marketing aspect. I mean, exactly. oh, Harley Quinn's in it. Oh. Yes. I, think,
3: I think they'll do it just like how Wes described. Is they'll they'll have her, you know, there. But hopefully, if she is there, she's not like too involved, so right. they can stay more true to the the actual book. But if they're if they are going to do it, it's going to be a money grab. Yeah. And even as,
1: you know, even as crazy as Harley Quinn is like, I gotta think that even she would think this is crossing the line with
2: <laughs> the Joker. I, I, I can't imagine her being okay with him. She you know, definitely him. would in the newer version. Fuck's sake.
0: But, yeah, well, imagine the, imagine <laughs> if she was the one that crippled Barbara. That'd be yeah.
6: good. Oh, you think that's what they'll do? Oh, Catfight. Catfight. that It's some else
2: world. That, that, <laughs> it, would kind
5: of, it takes
6: the power away from Joker, though. Hmm. Yeah.
5: yeah. I think they would bridge the gap with her. Like, when they shoot Barbara in the stomach, like, instead of taking nude photos, they probably just make it lighter by being, like, having Harley Quinn take a selfie with her.
0: Selfies, yeah. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs>
5: that, that would be fucking hilarious. Oh, I could see it happening.
6: <laughs> I I, that's, that's an acceptable change for me.
1: Yes. Because that.
6: that fucking bitch, a selfie, the nerve...
1: <laughs> but and, I mean, which I've said before too. The only reason I w- wouldn't like Harley in it, which I guess I could see them making it work in in some way, but I, I just, like I've said before, I think this story is completely personal between Joker and Batman, and that was the that was the best part of it for me was that it was mm-hmm. so personal. It was you know joker trying to get batman to to lose it and trying to get gordon to lose it and i just feel like if you have harley in there it's going to take take some of the tone out of it and...
0: so in the killing joke the joker is trying to entice batman to kill him trying to drive him over the edge and then you know nolan's the dark knight he ledge's joker kept trying to get batman to kill someone or take off the yeah. mask so I could definitely see what you guys, what you guys were talking about earlier with that. I mean, there's a lot of things stirring up as well about certain groups trying to uh, get the production shut down for the animated film. What do you think about that? That
3: fucking sucks. <laughs> sucks well, brother. okay, if they're if they're gonna do that, I mean, you see the direction that animated films are going with, with DC and things like that. You know, they're making these movies that are basically more geared towards adults, right? Because right. adults are actually, you know, the biggest consumers of, of the comics and things like that. If they would try to get that shut down, they might as well shut down Criminal Minds on TV. They might as well shut down uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movie and just every other crime movie these days because it's uh, it's unfortunate, but we live in a, a society now that's so fucking sensitive about every issue. Right.
5: <laughs> go on Facebook. Yeah. You'll you'll Let me add that. Let me add this. I mean, uh, they're saying it, it makes what makes Barbara look weaker because that happened? Is that like really the Well
3: arc? I think it's because they're saying that it glorifies the sexual assault. And to me it doesn't glorify the sexual assault. What about actually Gordon? It, it, <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. That, but to me it, <laughs> it makes it it, it it makes Joker that much more of a character that you you want to hate and see Batman bring justice to, and you know it, it shows you how close he does come to the line sometimes because of reasons like that. I don't think it. I don't think you know Alan Moore put that in the book to glorify any type of sexual assault to anybody. <laughs> I know one of the most evil villains, and you mean
2: to tell me that? That's what you come up with, but you don't mention anything about Gordon. Are exactly. You serious? He <laughs> drew his yeah. wiener. I'm about to go do some midget porn. He drew his wiener. You. Are you fucking <laughs> serious? Yeah, and I, I
1: think the other gripe they're having with this, too, is like they're trying to say that it makes, you know, female characters look uh, weaker because he targeted Barbara out of everybody that he could have targeted. But it was also to drive Gordon mad, is what people aren't realizing. It's almost like they're looking at it from a perspective of it was to get just solely at Batman, and it wasn't. And it's like, they're like, well, why did they pick Barbara, and why didn't he shoot Grayson, or why didn't he shoot, you know, whoever? But it's it's because he was trying to get to Gordon just mm-hmm. as well, and, and it doesn't make Barbara look as any weaker of his character. To me, it made her character look stronger, because yes. she yes. was able to go on through that. I mean, yes, she... Absolutely. she she came back she was crippled and she was the one of the most valued allies of Batman's team. Absolutely. I mean there's nothing yeah. weak about
0: that. I, I kind of respect her more as Oracle than Batgirl for some reason.
1: I do too. I, I always did. totally.
6: I kind of see her like not as equal as Alfred but like as kind of like uh important or as helpful to Batman as Oracle. Right. Because yeah. you know as Barbara as Barbara she's only kind of in one place at one time but as Oracle she almost has like this like omnipresence where she's like everywhere you know she's always like you know she's like she's basically like the hacker you know in the Batman universe where she's like letting him in and telling him where things are at all the time you know
3: that's one thing that's one thing I hated about you know when she started you know recovered started being Batgirl again it's almost like she ever forgot about ever being the Oracle I don't understand why she never couldn't do both
1: yeah like that and as as Oracle, she wasn't just an inspiration to to women. she was an inspiration to anybody with you know handicaps and stuff. Absolutely. It was a character they could relate to. was she was very inspiring to, you know, a wide demographic of people. Mm. So it was a great character. I do miss Oracle being in the book. So it was one thing I, I hated in the new 52. Cause I thought that it was much better for Barbara's character development, her being Oracle than, than being back as Batgirl.
0: Back right. And yeah. plus, we lost Sandra Kane, man. Oh, <laughs> not not for long. Batman Eternal season two, or is it a Batman and Robin Eternal? Is that what it's called?
3: Sandra Kane was my favorite bad girl. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, da <da-da-da.
6: Okay.
4: laughs> <laughs> hey, da blokes! This is Batman villains, A.K.A.
2: the Trunkler. Keep that shit locked. I'm Bad Force Radio.
0: All right, so now um, we're gonna go over some of the uh, viewer answers for the questions pertaining to the Killing Joke. Um, we asked you guys what do you think of the Killing Joke, and uh, what do you feel happens at the end? Do you feel Bats kills the Joker or not, or what?
6: Batman doesn't and, kill. Oh,
0: <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know what? And of course, the most important question of all. What's your favorite fucking M&M's? It just you know. actually
6: started... I mean, I think if we want to be honest, this just started out as simply a which is your favorite M&M question. Somehow it morphed into the killing joke. I don't know how, but...
0: <laughs> Always. So we have... mister whale 3 says... The Killing Joke has a good description of Joker's past, and that's why I think it is one of the best Batman stories aside from The Dark Knight Returns and Death in the Family. And his favorite M&Ms are Peanuts. That's a popular one. What do you think, Rich?
2: Oh, yeah, I'd go with Peanuts, but see, (laughs) from the land of fat in Michigan... (laughs) We have peanut butter, so that trumps everything. You know, I do. peanuts didn't... would be my second an- answer for sure.
6: Mm. We didn't take into consideration that um, people's demographic location also plays into a lot of the M&Ms that they've been exposed to over the years. Because mm. I think in certain markets, um, the variants are not offered. Mm. Uh, there's the peanut we have here, but there's what peanut butter and jelly. Right. Yeah. I don't think I've ever, ever seen those.
0: Yeah, man. Wait, there's it's peanut real. butter and jelly? There's also the uh, birthday cake M&M's, but I don't know where oh, they're from. Oh, that's my girl. Yeah, you
6: know, <laughs> na- you're like getting ass. into unnatural territory there, mm-hmm. um, and I don't, you know, I don't, whatever your creed or religion, whatever it may be, I just, birthday cake M&M's, I don't know, man. <laughs> mm.
0: They also have, um, we used to have almond M&M's in New York, but we don't have those anymore.
2: They're nah, here. Are... Oh. I feel like the older crowd would like those. <laughs>
0: we have our friend uh the Alan Ridge saying after reading it a few times I never noticed or realized that Batman kills Joker in the killing joke until I listened to a Kevin Smith podcast where Jim Morrison I think he meant Grant Morrison uh, talks about it I think Batman no
3: Jim Morrison is alive <laughs> he
6: loves Batman <laughs> he drops peyote and he reads Batman yeah he breaks
3: on through to the other side. <laughs> Come on, baby, like my fire. That's just like what Batman does in the mirror. He breaks on through to the other side.
0: I think Batman does indeed kill the Joker, and I think that Moore did a really good job of hiding it and making it open to interpretation. He also likes uh, classic M and M's or pretzel. Pretzel's a good choice. Oh, there
2: you go. Oh yeah, pretzel yeah. is
0: good. I think uh, Grant Morrison said on um, he it, his the way he interpreted it was that the killer, the Joker. Was that came, Batman killed Batman. him? Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, that's that's the thing. It's ambiguous. It's open to the readers. So
6: you know, I also thought um, he also said, "Well, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't Grant Morrison. It was somebody." So it's another DC um, big shot that his interpretation was, "It's Batman's fantasy, not necessarily that he may or may not act on it, but it's his like greatest fantasy."
3: Right. right. Yeah, it's
6: like what makes him pop wood. Hmm. Like Arkham Batman. Asylum is his nightmare. But, um, you know, Killing the Joker at the end of Killing Joke, that's like his wet dream.
3: Mm. Mm. Um, That'd be an awesome title if someone wrote a book about like, yeah, no, 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 not his wet dream, but like his (laughs) darkest dream where he's like, you know, (laughs) reliving an episode or a a certain battle, but it just goes off the deep end with with what he really wants to do, and it, it scares him so bad because he knows that it's could actually happen.
6: And I'm gonna, I'm gonna mute while I take a piss. <laughs> no.
2: I will be back.
3: <laughs> Who has their TV on?
2: Oh fuck! <laughs> old people and their fucking their so hearing aids. <laughs> no shit, dude. The guy here is an ant take his shit. Who we'll took shit?
6: I look forward to hearing this later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Penis wrinkled.
0: <recall. laughs> <laughs> So, Matt Edwards writes, loved it. Thought the end was cool. Um, erotic twenty one. The Killing Joke was the first book I read of Batman. It's one of the best stories, and I don't think the Batman kills the Joker. And my favorite M Ms are the ones in the yellow bag.
3: <laughs> that's pretty cool. If uh, your first story to read of
7: Batman is Killing Joke, that's pretty intense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty cool if your favorite M&Ms are peanut.
0: Mm. Well, it's in the yellow bag. We don't know what is um, geographical I'm I'm
7: pretty sure, well, around here anyway, yeah, yellow is uh, the peanut. Mm. It's peanut. If you're fat, you know this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but to start out um, with the killing joke, that's really intense because... You're seeing Batman potentially kill the Joker. That's your first experience. You know, you Batman. see
2: you see them both vulnerable to being oh, right. man, pretty reckless. Yeah. And you see Gordon's wiener.
0: Right. And you see Barbara get <laughs> paralyzed. And you see the word the
2: little people just going paths <laughs> <tabs> on Gordon.
7: <laughs> oh, Dave, uh, Dave Franciosa, Frankiosa, I believe think,
0: oh, is the stuff.
7: Um He's a fellow Ontarian. Uh, He's a good guy. I love yeah. it. Oh, he was
3: yeah. in he was in actually in the Dark Knight Rises when he was in the yes, crowd oh, as wow. they played the football game.
5: Hmm.
7: He
3: has an interesting story. We need to bring him
7: on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we already talked about it. Uh, I, I think he is up for being on. Cool. Huh? What's amazing is that the people that say that this was the
3: book that they first read in that generation, none of them say that it offends them. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Now, now you've got the this new millennium generation, and everything offends them. Right. Oh yeah. It's like mm. pick a topic today. That's the new offensive topic of the week. Mm. That's what I mean. Killing jokes are classic. Leave it alone. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you if you want to change it.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Gramps has spoken. Well, I'm glad Time magazine backed that statement up as well. Time magazine put out an article entitled comics like Batgirl shouldn't require a good feminist seal of approval. One quote from the article states, when feminist criticism becomes an outrage machine that chills creative expression, it's bad for feminism and bad for female representation, making artists, writers, filmmakers, and even audiences walk on eggshells for fear of committing thought crime against womanhood is no way to encourage quality art or enjoyable entertainment, not to mention the creation of good female characters. Another quote from the article states that some women have praised the cover, even insisting that it contains an inspirational message of survival and triumph. Comic book readers know the crippled backer returns as Oracle, a hero with genius level computer skills who is no longer a sidekick but Batman's equal. Thank you, Time Magazine. Moral of the story, Joker does not have any sexual tendencies. His only motive is complete mayhem.
2: It's a fucking comic. I mean, seriously, if you can't separate the two from a comic in real life, you're a fucking idiot. Right.
0: Not not only that. If
7: if the kill joke... If the killing joke was already out and already influential before you got into comics, then it is still going to be here and still going to be influential long after you've moved on to something else.
2: Yeah. Oh, the I killing joke did. He, he went there, folks, and I didn't think he was going to do it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
2: oh, shit. right in the middle of recording
3: I love it
0: Keep going. So, everything okay Scott yeah everything's going good sound good man okay. cool. trunk's clear nice <laughs> trunk's clear
7: <laughs> I don't know if this was already discussed but uh, there is available online the original page that Brian Bland had drawn of that scene and there is at least one panel, maybe two, that DC requested that he change where you actually saw uh, Barbara's breasts while she was on the floor bleeding. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's around online. Someone had found wow. in, I think maybe they were uh, an employee at a comic shop or something, and they found the, a collection of original comic pages and some of them were Brian Bland pages one of them was this page with those panels on it and uh, I, if I remember the story right I think eventually someone uh, traced it to Bland and asked him if this page was legit and uh, it was. Wow. Um, yeah, Joker isn't painted as the hero of the story for doing what he did. Yeah, exactly. And uh, look at what the the result of the horrible thing that happened was Barbara becoming Oracle. It was very important for a long time as Oracle. <clears throat> yeah, you know? they and, had a and that, that works. Yeah, and that wouldn't have happened without the story. half. you could wait it to something horrible happened to Bruce Wayne and something horrible happened to The Punisher for them to become who they are. That nobody has tried to stomp out the origin story of The Punisher. Oh, let's get rid of that book where his family gets killed and he becomes The Punisher. Right. You know, that that Mm -hmm. bad thing had to happen to lead to something that people love.
3: I love the fact that they actually reissued this with, you know, Brian Boland's actual inks and colors—the way he wanted it done—versus mm, yeah. the original release.
7: He, uh, the guy who did the coloring on the original, uh, my—I'm not completely certain of his name right now—but I think it's John Higgins, and he is the same guy. He's—he's like, he's a well-known—a uh, well-known comic artist, and uh, he also did the coloring on books like Watchmen, so it's very much in that style. Mm. Very and uh, the, the, the issue that Boland had was it he had envisioned more subdued uh, kind of a, a color scheme for the book. And uh, Higgins' colors that he used were more bold and very high contrasting colors, and it just wasn't what he wanted.
3: That would be cool to have those side by side and kind of look at the differences. Because also, I think one, one difference is in all the flashback scenes... Everything that's red, Boland colored it red, you know, to kind of foreshadow the red hood. I love that. Even down to like the shrimp that he was eating. Yeah, very (laughs) cool. Damn shrimp. At
4: first, I was like, like, what's the point of this?
3: Yeah, the shrimpler. (laughs) 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 The most iconic panel from this book is when he's first becomes uh-huh. the joker
7: uh-huh. yeah. I mean, yeah that's that, one
2: of my favorite images of Joel forever
7: yeah for, dude, uh, you guys were talking about it a minute ago uh it, i completely forgot but uh going back i think this is a, maybe two or three months ago now i posted on instagram a slideshow of about eh, maybe eight different panels uh where i had split screens the original coloring of uh of the original release versus the Color View Deluxe Edition. So I did about eight or so panels side by side, and it cycles through uh, all of those. Okay. We should ask people what they'd like better.
2: <laughs> Good yeah, question. That's, yeah. that's Rich, God damn it! That's why you get the. Big rich of the bad force. <laughs> Man, Fucking genius motherfucker. Dude, force it. Yeah, force we, the we horse. can put it on the, yeah. Yeah, be well, on the force. Yeah, we well. on
7: the force. After this episode goes up, I'll uh, I'll post it again. Ah. Uh, on the force. Nice. And one other panel that gets no one ever talks about it, but it's one of my favorite parts of it. It's a small detail, but uh, the scene where Batman is arriving to uh, to rescue Gordon from Joker as he's driving up a vehicle there's one panel where there's a very prominently featured big white owl straight in the middle of the headlights Mm -hmm. and obviously it couldn't have possibly been connected but it every time i look at it now it just makes me think of the court of owls right
3: you know what are you talking about is that the story that comes with
7: the deluxe is that the one you're talking about uh no no in in the main in the killing joke the 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 main story when batman is uh to retrieve gordon from joker uh as he's driving up to uh to the park there's a panel with a big white owl right in the center of the headlights
3: i'm looking for, for it right
0: now
7: i love it cordial it, it's as he's yeah because i've got my copy driving too. Up to the gates i think
0: I wonder if um, Scott Snyder drew some inspiration from *The Killing Joke* when developing *The Court of Owls*. It's possible. We'll have to ask him.
7: Hmm. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good question for him.
0: Yeah. So cool. Though. Or
7: he'll say, No, what the hell are you talking? About? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you you backforce guy is always trying to come up with these conspiracy theories.
0: <laughs> I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you. <laughs> <I would've, laughs> you are a, in a pup sleep.
3: named Robo Rich. <laughs> you meddling kids. I'm yeah. trying to find the frame you're talking about. I mean, I've got would, the frame where
7: yeah, it's towards <laughs> the <twerks.
3: laughs> Well, I've got the frame where he's coming up in the car. The headlights yeah, are the shining. Joke. I'm a joker and he's talking. And then when the car pulls up we see all the,
2: the circus people running away.
7: It's it's before he drives into the park. Uh, I'm trying I, I don't have the book in front of me. I'm outside right now. But uh, there's this one panel where he's driving I think it's before he gets through the gates. Uh, and there's a a white owl right in front of the car.
3: Well, that, there is a panel that shows the white owl, but that's in that extra story called An, Inno- An Innocent Man. Am I, okay, maybe I'm remembering it wrong then. Well, it's the same artist that he. It's. Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, the story's called An Innocent Guy. And it, Bolin wrote and drew it. And it's included God. in the deluxe copy. And it's got the same Batmobile, but you're right, I mean, there's a big white owl that's flying right there, but it's in that extra story, but yeah, That, that, that must well be, be why
7: I associated it with uh, with the story. I, I was thinking it was in the main story. Alan Moore just wanted
3: to write a Batman story mm-hmm. or, uh, I mean, a Joker story, actually, and so when it came out, it was just kind of like a, it was almost like an Elseworlds type thing for the Joker. Right. But but people loved it so much and, and grabbed onto the the whole story and the Barbara Gordon incident and everything like that. It just, other writers started fitting it into their timeline. And then eventually, you know, that, that that's, what's cool is it uh, other writers, including it with their own works. It almost changed the story in a way. So, I mean, this, this book is really a very fluid piece because, you know, it, it can adapt. It has adapted. Right. Yeah. Through time. Yeah, no, I mean, through through the way other writers mm-hmm. have incorporated elements of the story. I mean, they've they literally took Alan Moore's work and kind of, you know, changed it, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's when you know you've got a classic.
0: Right.
3: Oh Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. So, um, Obi-Wan Canary, you felt bad for the Joker, huh?
4: Yeah, I, I definitely did. But not when he was... The joke when he was more human. Right. Like the, the part where his flashbacks when he goes back into uh his wife and he's all upset, all emotional. Mm. Because he's uh what is it? it he's just he was a mechanic, weren't he? An engineer of some sort and he left that. Silly to, comedian. <laughs> well yeah, trying to trying to be a comedian but it didn't mm. uh, they didn't get the punchline, <laughs> God that's... bless
0: that's a tough uh, profession
4: yeah I mean like fancy being a mechanic and then oh I'm gonna be a comedian sometime and just uh give it a go but unfortunately for him it didn't go well mm. I can kind of relate to him like you know for me I go to work to provide for my family like yeah. what he was doing obviously it's gone tits up completely mm. and but well was it <laughs> you're just not that funny at work <laughs> no <laughs> definitely not but yeah I definitely do feel sorry for him because he's just trying to provide and do like his best but obviously it's not good enough and then there's an old haggard woman down the bottom of the stairs listening on the conversation <laughs> <laughs> and he's, and he's, he's crying about her as well but then obviously he's trying to get back into work so he go so he does go does he go to the pub do the blokes approach him he gets approached yeah here read right the Wear this red helmet, we're gonna fuck you over. Good boy. <laughs> Jesus. And then fucking, what is it? Prawns or some shit like that.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, shrimps. Shrimps.
4: shrimps are, yeah, the shrimps. Are, and I kept talking makes, about the fucking shrimps in this episode. It makes me laugh. It's like that they the, the opened up the case and I and, one, I, one, and one drawing. Like, we kept talking about that. <laughs> the whole the the, shrimp over and over. Uh, they're holding the case up and like he's got the shrimp hanging out of his mouth <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah the but... real fish bit it's just from one end of the scale gone to the other mm. you know you got a bloke there that's literally like feels like shit you know he's I think he's probably could basically be on the verge of committing uh, committing suicide, committing suicide, hmm. and then he's gone to fucking some lunatic that's like worse than Scott.
0: <laughs> Shags, what did you think about those uh, demonic cherubs? Or Jesus Christ, <laughs> I've never felt so uncomfortable. looking at those little
4: Google-eyed inbred fuckers. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> hell were they? They're like, like you say, they were like real evil cherubs. Yeah. And when, and well, let's just say, when they stripped Gordon down and they brought him out, I've never been able to relate to someone so much as Gordon in my life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's big Jim Gordon, man. Jesus oh. Christ. Big old yeah. Jim.
4: <laughs> well, are they actually human? Those little, whatever you call them, little critters. They're, what do they call oh, them? Carnies? I don't know. Is there an actual name for them? I don't
0: know.
4: They're, they're, like, they're fucking do- mutants, and they weird me out. But the thing is, that, the question is, I did ask myself, if they're old enough, and if I was pissed, I'd probably have a go. I'd, probably, I'd definitely have a go on them. <laughs> definitely. What about you, Rich? You'd you'd, uh, you'd you'd smash one of them, wouldn't you? Would I fuck one of them? Yeah, of course you would.
2: <laughs> yeah, fuck worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Like a beat it look up. Look
0: at the Bad Forest Radio. <laughs>
2: yeah, Jesus. Like I said last night, if you can't separate the two, a comic and fucking reality, you're a fucking idiot.
0: Grant Morrison had a, a he's I think it, he said it where uh, adults were complaining about s- something that was not ultra-realistic in a book or something that couldn't happen. And he was like, look... When children leave the movie theater, they know that animals don't fucking talk. So what the fuck is wrong in adults that <laughs> <laughs> uh, they can't That is be- that's
2: awesome. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he said that something like that. It was so true. Well, that's going to do it for now. If you haven't read The Killing Joke yet, then it's highly recommended, definitely one of the most influential stories in the Batman mythos, and definitely one of the defining Joker moments of his career in the past three quarters of a century. It is always interesting to hear all these different takes and interpretations on the book, and always gratifying to hear that the consensus from Batman readers from generation to generation always agree that the Joker will never have a known origin or known identity no matter what marketing tries to do so if you have read the killing joke or are planning to read the killing joke and want to tell us about it then definitely hit us up at the bat force on instagram or tweet us at the underscore bat force on twitter all right guys until then keep those joker fish smiling